and that that example is like kind of one of them like like what happens if you start fucking around with people and like it's it should progress into that it doesn't have to be violent but like like it should be prevented you know like like get your shit up front and at least you know that the promoter and the and the company that they're working for is squared up Mm -hmm. and and you're good to go yeah and you won't end up on world star Welcome back, Bannock folks. You're listening to another episode of Bannockdotes. That's right, the show that holds it down for the underground sound here in Ontario, Canada. We showcase all sorts of music from genres like hardcore, metal, screamo, punk, shoegaze, really anything just with the distortion pedal on. Uh, and then we take some of those musicians or, uh, you know, photographers or promoters, anybody involved with the music scene here in Ontario, bring them on the show and have them tell some of the wildest stories they have from being in and around bands, whether it's on the road or at shows or in the studio, any sort of anecdote they can share with us that's uh, entertaining to retell. And I'm your host, Phil Paxton. Thank you for joining us today. If you haven't already, make sure you like, subscribe, rate, and review. Do all that fun jazz for me. That helps me out a bunch. If you aren't already, Follow us on our Instagram at Banecdotes, B-A-N-D-E-C-D-O-T-E-S. And if you want to support this show directly, uh, pick up a t-shirt. We got a t-shirt on our Instagram right now. And uh, yeah, you're local from Niagara. I'll uh, drive it out to you myself. You're outside of the area. I'll mail it to you. You know the deal. Shows are finally back at 100% capacity with mask and vax cards. Uh, So I'm excited to tell you some upcoming concert dates that are going to be playing at the the warehouse here in St. Catharines. Uh, November 5th, Eaten by Sharks are playing with my boys in Duskwalker and Sky Caught Fire, as well as Us Alike. November 10th, Sam Coffey and the Iron Lungs are stopping by Warehouse, and Big School is opening up for that. If you haven't already, make sure that you're going to go check out the Dirty Nil November 19th, November 20th. But those shows are sold out, so if you don't got your tickets, you're out of luck. Uh, Strictly Hip are playing the Warehouse November 27th. Uh, we got My Son the Hurricane. My boys and My Son the Hurricane are stopping off at Warehouse December 3rd. That'll be a great time. Those guys are an awesome band. Danko Jones are stopping by December 8th. And uh, next year, I mean long away next year, uh, if any hip-hop heads are, are out there, Shad is stopping by April 29th. So you have plenty of time to get that ticket. Awesome. Yeah, let's get into my guest this week. Uh, we we have Derek Nelson, who uh, plays in, like, he's, I think he said five bands. He said Shit Tsunami, um, The Wake, Temple of Night, Advancing Low Lives, um, and Lazy Ass Destroyer. I think I got them all. And yeah, so he's constantly, oh, and Green Jelly, of course. Um, yeah, he plays in the, the, the giant punk rock 
puppet master band Green Jello, which if you've never heard of them before, they're kind of this iconic punk band uh, that has members scattered all over the world so they can just kind of go anywhere and play any kind of show, which is super rad. But they also have a really cool stage show where there's a bunch of people in like masks and puppets and they're typically just fans of the band and you just and uh, the vocalist just kind of just invites them on and uh, it's just a giant party. It's super silly. Um, it, you tell it's a, a really good time. And yeah, Derek plays in uh, Green Jelly uh, under the moniker um, Eddie Vangelo. <laughs> so uh, we got to sit down and talk and we, he, he was really interesting to speak with. He's been uh, playing music for so long and in so many different gigs with so many different kind of genres uh, as far as those bands that go that I just listed. Um, and yeah, he was great to talk to. We're going to get the show started off with uh, Derek's band, Temple of Night. I love this band. I've played with them previously before. Uh, they put on hell of a show. Uh, here's their song, What Haunts the Old Forest.
Good afternoon, Derek. How have you been? Oh, Phil, I've been doing all right. How have you? Can't complain. What have you been up to today? Uh, I've had some people here in the studio working on uh, getting it more soundproofed and uh, a little bit more cozier for everybody that's here. Uh, you like run a little homebrew studio there? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I mean, restarting it. The I moved from my last place to a newer newer spot here in Welland, and uh, it's working out a lot better than than the previous. Right on, right on. How many bands have you come through uh, that come through there? Well, I mean, I guess they, I mean, previously. Uh, from the old, I had various in there. Uh, oh, nice. Dog Hell. I don't know if you know him. Uh, if you've ever heard of him, uh, like an acoustic artist. Uh, I don't think so. What was that name? Artist? Uh, Doug Hell. Doug Hell. No, I don't believe so. Yeah, he's also a, a bass player in Jello with us as well. Oh, cool. Cool uh, acoustic artist. Right on. So by now, I have let the listeners know what you do, but tell us in your words what you do in the music community. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> I the <had to> drain. <laughs> <laughs> like on society. Uh, <laughs> I've been in a, in a plethora of fucking bands around around this area, uh, as well as like a notorious band from uh, California, Green Jello. But uh, I've also run kind of like a home studio for the last you know 10 years just i've had friends in and out and like local bands just more of like a learning experience and uh, as that's progressed i've kind of turned it into a like an actual business which has been nice and that's starting to pick up oh that's awesome uh how many bands do you play in currently um <laughs> i'd say five right now maybe six um what are those uh green jello uh temple of night uh, the wake, the advancing low lives, the wake, uh, lazy ass destroyer. I think that's it. Nice, nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now that the restrictions are slowly easing up, uh, what are some of the plans for the bands in the upcoming months? Uh, we're just prepping. I think uh, Temple. We're we're about to track another five songs. We're about nice. to rip the fifth of our previous uh trackings and we're going to compile it into an ep uh same with the next five that we record we tend to just record them and release them mm-hmm. a little bit easier with our time frames and just the way everything's been going works for us and then at the end we hope to compile them into eps um else is going green jello's just released a, an album this summer right on fuck it's been a blur <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so that they're 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 doing like a TV show right now live from Bill's place in LA, which is a, a fucking riot. They've had Andy Dick on there, um, a bunch of randoms just coming in and out. It's a it's a, a complete shit show. So he's been doing that instead of touring because it's been, you know, been the way it was. Um, so once that picks up out in the states, I'll be able to fly out there and comfortably, you know, do some more gigs with them. Uh, low lives. We've been on a hiatus for a little bit, personal reasons, and uh, I think that's coming. We're coming back maybe for the maybe spring, maybe before then. We'll see. Uh, we have some songs tracked that we've been sitting on for a bit. It'll be nice to release those for sure. Right on. Yeah. Uh, so all these bands that you currently play in are all over the place in terms of genres. Uh, what got you into music growing up? Uh. Uh, I've had like my parents, my dad was kind of in like kind of fooled around with instruments every once in a while, but never really took it seriously. But they always kind of sat in the basement and, uh, but avid listener. So there's always music being played in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd probably say growing up with my parents, always listened to music and having those like a, a little ratty drum kit and a half ass acoustic guitar there. 
just listening to everything and anything I can get my hands on. And then when I got guitar lessons with um, John Wheeler at Austin X in St. Catharines, that's where I got, you know, introduced to a lot more, a lot more genres, like everything. Yeah. <laughs> and, all, yeah. You know, like, and, and I, I, I took to it, like, you know, some people, you, they may only like one style and that's perfectly fine. But uh, I don't know. I was, I was able to just uh, absorb it all young and I kind of like, like it all now that I'm, I've kind of always kind of stayed in like more of a jam band atmosphere, like or hardcore or metal. Like there's always been like some something like that. But now, now I'm getting older. I'm, I want to just do everything. I don't really. I just want to be a be a really good funk bass player when I need to be, kind of thing, right? Metal guitar player when I need to be. It's just it's a lot of fun because nothing gets stale and there's a there's a lot more enjoyment, I guess, for me. Yeah, that's great. No, that's awesome. Uh, are there any bands that uh, have caught your attention within the Ontario music scene within the last year or so? Uh, yeah. I mean, like I have to like name my buddies, but like various, like they're, they're doing their mm-hmm. stuff. Like their newest releases are awesome. Um, you know, we have Duskwalker here, uh, Lotharo. Uh, they're definitely ones to catch right now. They just released a record, right? Yeah. And, uh, I think they got a whole bunch, a whole whack of videos out there right now. Um, uh, they're def- for the metal for metal they're definitely wants to see i don't know the andy queens um there, there's a lot there's a lot of good bands right now like it's a good time to be searching for uh for local bands you know a lot of them uh, have been putting out a lot of stuff recently too so mm-hmm. but yeah for i mean that side i would say you know Lithoro, various like these are some cool cool metal bands that are coming out with some really neat authentic metal yeah so I watched that small documentary on YouTube where you sit down and share uh, what it's like being a musician at a professional level. Uh, for yeah. those listening, you can look it up. It's Derek Nelson and the art of the, the musician on YouTube. I highly suggest you check it out. You offer a lot of great insights to the musicians, especially towards the Canadian music industry. And you've yeah. mentioned that it's really tough to get into. What are some solutions and suggestions you could try and offer to fix that accessibility? Okay, so like in that documentary, I'm basically talking about like my personal experience in it and and the routes I took. Um, for some people, there's uh, it, it depends on the style of music you want to go into as well. That that will definitely, you know, uh, push you aside from certain aspects. Like if you're going to be in metal, like you know, you're not going to be playing all the fucking time. Like mm-hmm. if you're playing pop or or something that's more accessible to 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 a lot more people, where you can do like hired gigs and and do all that, or just be in a rock band and, and have more options available to you because it just it is what it is right mm-hmm. um and and no way i would ever say to, to pigeonhole yourself or put yourself in one spot just to make success it's it, the older you get and the more that you do it it's it's it ends up being just as fruitful it's, especially if you stick with it the community is is a, is smaller than most people think you know so if you stick to your guns and you're and you're good at what you do um that'll get you places nowadays it's it's you know, it's, it's social media. It's, you know, keeping up on, on current everything mm-hmm. on, on every platform, right? Like that's there, I think the ways of like how the industry was, is kind of dead. Like that was kind of the point we're getting at. It's like, that's kind of going back to where you kind of be, you're going to have to be more independent and, and push and work really hard and do all of the things the label would have done for you. You kind of have to do now mm-hmm. all yourself. And, and, you know, you kind of should because at least you're keeping everything in house. But there's nothing wrong with hiring professionals that definitely know better than you, like in, in marketing and all that stuff. If it if it works for you, 
and if it's if they work within your demographic too um but yeah it's everything everything social media play 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 get the hell out there and you know um there's a lot of guys that just kind of sit here and play which is is all well and good but you got to get out there and play and, and i know it's scary right now and, and and maybe it's a little harder for some people but you know get out there and fucking play so then people can see what you do and then you can promote your name your whatever moniker whatever uh website link you may have you know people will pay attention i think again nowadays people are paying attention to the players and the bands and they want to know they're more interested because they have more access to you almost personally on your your social media accounts which is uh something they never got from the larger artists right so that that being very communicative is uh is a good thing um you're definitely going to broaden your your spectrum of, of audience if the more people you talk to and the more people you, you know it's all that social media game and it's basically just like how grassroots uh mar- music marketing was you know back in the day so you kind of have to take a little bit from what happened then and and attribute it to now and then you know mold it so it works on social media and and today's you know technology which everyone's you know ex- seems to be going on yeah, uh, Zimmer on on Instagram or TikTok or something like that. Hans, <laughs> TikTok is uh, if he's doing it, I mean, there's got to be something there. <laughs> yeah, it's you know, to pay for really. <laughs> it's weird what the internet's done for the music industry. Like it's definitely damaged it. There's no denying that. But yeah. uh, however, how do you feel about some of the artists that have used these platforms, kind of like as tools to their like uh, to help them be a little bit more successful? I think it's great. I mean the the less the more you have control of your your identity and your um your product that you're putting out there is always a better thing um i think the only thing the internet really ruined was it it exposed the the um the record industry for how loose knit their contracts were and how how bad how badly poor how how poorly written you know all that shit was and then when it came time to future media and all this other kind of stuff it just uh it didn't hold up. So the only, the only thing the internet really ruined was their, their poorly, poorly uh, placed <laughs> contracts and everything. Um, and that's what Lars was fighting about, right? Like all those years ago, that's, that's what he was going on about. And, and he took a big rap for it, but like, he was just trying to explain to people like this, it's not going to go away and, and you're, it's going to kill the music industry. Mind you, they maybe shouldn't be making as much money as they had. Like the, you know, everything needed a shakeup at some point in time. And it was probably decades ago. But um, right now, it's more independent than anything. Like, look at all the YouTube and Twitch, um, you know, personalities that you have on there that are musicians. You got uh, what's his name from um, Trivium, uh, Hefe, Matt Hefe. Matt, yeah, right. He like he's got a rocking channel. I think the dude from Dragon Force. Like, like it's 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 cool and, and odd to see. Like for someone who grew up like reading uh, Guitar World magazine and and you know watching that kind of evolve, but like. To see these guys on like video gaming platform or streaming platforms and, and doing their guitars and, and or just jamming and doing whatever like it's really cool to see i'm excited for that i like that and that that's they're doing that because they're making more fucking money <laughs> on these platforms than they do playing music because there's too many hands in that pie for them exactly they're probably barely making money on on merch if they're not selling it directly from their site right like it, it, it's so many things have to shake up for for something to change here so maybe we're not all just sitting at home in, in our in our rooms as comfy and cozy as that is i'd like to be back on the stage you know on and touring and shit 
there, there has to be some sort of like using this as a as a good marketing tool and then getting the hell out there and and, and playing and doing the stuff that you're supposed to be doing you know? yeah you definitely need to uh, do you definitely need to perform in both aspects like uh you know you need to have your social media presence but like you also need to be tight live right there's nothing more disappointing than like uh you know being a fan of an artist and going to see them live and then everything being backtracks and everything like that right thanks for mentioning that <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's that sucks. I mean, I I know where like, backing tracks have a place in certain areas, but like when your your drums and your kind of backing guitar, your main rhythm guitars are there. If you want like synths and you can't really have a keyboard player, I get that, you know. But if it's the the foundation of your sound is mainly tracked music, then you know, get the fuck out of Dodge, man. Like, there's no point, <laughs> you know. And there's a lot of major bands that fucking do that. Yeah, you know. You know uh, I suppose the bigger like I it tripped me out. Um. Uh, I, you could bleep it if you want, but like Mariana's Trench. Oh yeah, notorious. Like I, I, <laughs> I did a gig uh, as a tech for um, Pan Am Games, and they're playing there. And yeah, sure enough, I'm walking up on stage. I'm like, oh man, the the band's on there. I'm gonna go check them out. I've you know I've heard things, so I'm like whatever, go check them out. And it was just like this little girl working on a on a Pro Tools uh, mixer. And really? Just, <laughs> like they're just <laughs> backing track you know wow yeah so like there's bands like that like that's that's sad like i get again like i've done it and i i I don't give a shit but i've like i've run the keys or whatever and like little things like that but i would never allow the the, a backing track in a a song to be like the foundation of the fucking song it should be the goddamn band that's playing mistakes and all yeah and then if you wanted like some shit in the background then you know they're they're samples at that point but like there's a lot of bands that just they can't cut it because they just they, they the the inter- the way people track is different, right? Like everyone just kind of sit here and just go cut and paste, cut and paste, cut and paste. What the f- you didn't fucking learn anything? Yeah, hands your your hand the muscles in your hands didn't learn jack shit, right? And and like it, it just you're not going to perform it the same live because you never really learned it properly, right? You're just kind of mm-hmm. hoping that you hack through it. I was just gonna say take uh that like. Temple of Night, for example. I mean, you guys have that full sound on stage. You get the keyboardist uh, who also sings as well. And like, it really adds to the sound. And like, I can't imagine, I can't imagine that performance without that. Oh, like, okay. So we like, we, we jam here, right? And we do everything in in ears mostly. Mm-hmm. And like, it's all real amps and shit. But like, um, when she's not there, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's fucked. Like, we all end up doing like the, like all the keyboard parts ourselves, like the, oh, we'll do that like jokes but like there's there's like she is such an integral part of that band you know like and and she's like yeah she's wonderful to work with leanne um my god (laughs) (laughs) like and she's a she's like a legit you know opera like classically trained opera singer phd and all that kind of stuff so it's like it's for the rest of us we're just like my god (laughs) (laughs) how did we get so lucky and like you know, it's great to work with, but yeah, again, like without her there, it's, it's just, it's not the same. And live, live, like that's the reason, like we don't use any backing tracks for that band. The only backing track you'll ever see us use is like wind. Yeah. Yeah. Samples and stuff. And, and you know, so maybe some, some more wind. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. <laughs> um, what are some hobbies and pastimes you've gotten into more into, sorry, since uh, you, that we haven't been able to tour or get out of the house much since the pandemic? 
pull out all of my hair. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit. Um, I, uh, I, I played less guitar, which was uh, depressing. I, I got more guitars. <laughs> uh, I've, I've been like this summer, like last summer, I guess I played a lot more guitar. Like when, when COVID first hit, I, I started playing a lot more and, and, you know, building up my chops. And then I really got into drums. Nice. So I started taking, I, I took drums a lot more seriously for the last little bit. Um, and just kind of keeping up. But like I was in the middle of a house sale this, this summer and renos and all that shit. So it was just, it was a really bad fucking time. Uh, just stressful and you know it's not the best time to be doing any of that shit right now but we mm-hmm. went full into it uh but it worked out great so now i got this nice this this nice spot but um a lot of this summer was just dealing with that shit and uh it's kind of just relaxed now so getting back into guitar <laughs> has been really hard but i'm uh i've been really like i still play with temple like we do that almost every weekend or so every week uh but it's it's a little little rough for me just because I've been concentrating on other things and just been stressed out and everything. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I just keep doing the same shit I've always done. Just keep playing and learning new things. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Like, no. Does Temple of Night have any gigs coming up? Yeah, December or something. I think it's 22nd or 21st. Nice. It's kind of up in the air just because with it's, it's super hard to get bands right now with, mm-hmm. uh, with the lovely... Uh, passes and all that shit so it might not happen we might just do another another live stream because we we did that over the last couple uh summers yeah you did that at a, a space in niagara falls right the first one we did was that uh yeah the upper space in the falls upper space yes with the hills uh place um and then after that like we we were just doing it from my place because i had everything set up there all the cameras set up and uh cam schwartz actually came by and did our last one which looked fucking amazing yeah 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 cam did uh cam we did a live stream with cam as well and man he he we we got him to bring all like uh gory like some of the special effects he does because with that movie production uh shout out to rabbit dog productions or films rabbit dog films um and uh it yeah he made our our stream look great he's a wonderful guy i had him on the show previously yeah i know he's he's a gem (laughs) (laughs) best legs in the business that's for you (laughs) <laughs> that's right yeah so yeah like another live stream in case the show doesn't happen eh yeah like and i was really trying to take that off because it, it there's there's some good stuff that could be done with these live streams if you have uh the proper setup and everything right especially now like it's going to be kind of more of a norm mm-hmm. you know um i see it becoming more of a norm because it worked out i mean like that, I, that one that post malone did was like i think was the standard everyone should kind of have went for it because there's a lot of terrible terrible fucking live streams and there's a lot of good ones um but like his like was one of the first and like to, to to figure all that stuff out is insane like that's a lot of logistical crap to to figure out how to get your apartment to uh yeah stream live that stuff i've even done like live sound and, and like live gigs with jello from from home oh really using an app uh, program called uh, jam kazam oh cool like it requires like wired internet um, and a decent uh, interface. I mean, even just a interface works, but no late, zero latency audio video. Um, so like they're doing the live show and I'm sitting there playing live with them in the background, but at home it's zero latency. And then like, it was such a trip. Like, 
And I've, we've done that with Temple of Night when COVID first hit. We used that program to, to just keep rehearsing without having to be in the same, same spot. Mm-hmm. Just run the click and, uh, and that was it. And we would just play to that. And we're all at our own homes, but playing in time all together. That's uh, wild. It's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> now, and I, I like that you guys actually do the live stream because I've seen far too many of these quote unquote live streams where they're just pre-recorded things. And then yeah. they just, just like live stream that pre-recorded oh, bit. We did it with the low lives and it like, that was a more of a disaster than anything. And we kind of pulled it out of our ass just cause like we have been kind of on a hiatus and everything like that. And it was just like a random get together. I'm like, fuck, we're doing it. We're going to do a live stream and I'm just setting everything up. And like, of course, last minute technical difficulties. I couldn't even get, we have like all those, not these LED lights, but like the, the bulbs that you can get, the, the mm. smart bulbs. And yeah, they just wouldn't communicate. And then we had half of them on, half of them off. And the kick drum mic was going in and out. It was just, but it was, you know, it was still a fucking blast. But having to wear those hats, like as the technician and the, the broadcast and broadcasting and then having to do that on like no rehearsal, it was, uh, it, it hurt, but it was a lot of fucking fun. But like, like I, I wanted to get used to just doing live streams all the time. It was so much fun. There's it, like this like pressure involved with live streams that like you feel from like that you get from live shows. It's not the exact same. No, but like, dude, like I, I, um, I didn't think like, I just figured it was like, oh, it's gonna be super dry. Cause like, there's nobody there. Right. And like, and we did that live stream in the falls and it was like, there was a few people there. So like some applause or whatever. At least there's like some like fucking background noise around there, right? So I can at least mm-hmm. feel like some. But this is like dead, and we're just looking at a screen. But I have like the bigger screen on the ground, almost like a what do you call it? like a teleprompter or something like that. But it, it's showing like the text that are, that like the audience is writing. That kind of helped make it feel like okay, like that that live pressure is there, you know? Yeah. Uh, there's like because there's feedback people are like oh yeah that's cool well can you turn this up can you turn that up i'm like okay we're doing all that stuff like it just i don't know that interaction felt nice like that we haven't had in a long long time yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) so you play in green jello which is a hell of a stage performance to say the least uh you talked about how you joined the band in the small documentary but how was the makeshift predator slash squid monster eddie vangelo born Ooh, good question. Um, that was uh, the, the one of the American. So the Canadian uh, faction of the band, I guess the the Ontario Southern Ontario faction of it. Because there's uh, hundreds of members. Oh, there's thousands. Like I oh. think there's over a thousand at this point. Wow, <laughs> like six hundred and thirty nine or something like that. <laughs> I think. Um, but yeah, we were a mix of uh, the Buffalo chapter and the Canada chapter just because it's so close, right? And, mm-hmm. um, they're fucking amazing people. So uh, Tom Jeffries, um, he he makes a lot of the puppets as well, but he also plays bass and uh, was a puppet wrangler when he first started. But he's uh, PV Stacks, a.k.a. PV Stacks. Nice. Um, he... Uh, <sighs> he kind of was working on something and he was, and he was, kept on sending me photos. I'm like, that looks really fucking rad. And um, he kept on adding to it. And I, you know, I was asking me, like, you know, can you put this in there, put that in there. And, uh, and then he just showed up with it one day. I'm like, that's, that looks like, it's like a Cthulhu kind of fucking like predator kind of vibe. Right. Cause it, the first one had the, the mask on it. Um, and then I threw that, I threw that thing away in Sweden. Uh, <laughs> Tom, I'm, I'm like, oh fuck, I feel bad. I'm like, I need, I'm gonna need another helmet made. But yeah, he uh, 
like he's like one of the master puppet builders for that for that kind of stuff and he came up with that one and then i just had extra hockey gear laying around so it just made sense to keep <laughs> that right and it's been great because like i go in the audience and get fucking wrecked and like that stuff actually protects me i've i've taken spills and that helmet's protected me it's an actual bicycle helmet so <laughs> The noggin's still good. <laughs> it's not just for show. It's it's got practical use. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Carted away from because like we were crowd surfing and I had no idea that it's extremely illegal out there to to do oh. that. So oh really? Doing that like circle pit in in Sweden. Like there's another video. I finally fucking found it. I was waiting so long to find it, but there's the the main one that you see is like me and Bill. Like I'm kind of just like kind of barely on this dude's back and was in the center and we're kind of going around but as it as the pits like going starting to pick up and get chaotic you see me kind of get like pulled back and it's just like seven foot like i don't know he's like 20 foot swedish fucking uh security guard and he was just gigantic and he fucking just bear hugged me from behind grabbed me put, uh, brought me down and i still don't know who it is so i'm kind of looking around trying to like I was going to hit somebody I'm like what's going on i look back and it's like this this gigantic man i'm like oh fuck and he just <laughs> still got this bear hug on me he uses me as a human shield to get through the entire fucking crowd to get back to the stage and i'm like what the fuck i'm just getting <laughs> right and he's like you, you can't do that you can't do that here i'm like what he's like crowd surfing is illegal i'm like oh shit i was like you know, immediately Canadian. I was like on my knees, like, I'm so sorry. I'm so yeah. sorry. I didn't, I didn't know. Like they kept letting me out. Like, this is like my fourth time out. I didn't like, if, if you guys had a problem, like, get the, stay the fuck in here, you bum. But no, they, uh, they kept on letting me out. And then, yeah, that, that I felt every little, like I thought my ribs were going to break. That guy had a, a death hold on me. <laughs> the only time that gear didn't hold up. <laughs> <laughs> but where did the name Eddie Vangelo come from? Um, it was like I, I, I'm a big Vanja. Uh, <laughs> Whoops, uh, I'm a Van Halen, like, like huge Van Halen fan, and you know a lot of the themes in, in Jello are kind of wrapped around all like that era and all that kind of stuff. And um, I just figured like the stuff that I'm doing is like the high flying stunt kind of crap. So I'm like, I might as well go Eddie with Eddie Vangelo. It just makes so much sense, right? And like his backstory is kind of like a, he's like a spawn from Vangelo or Van Halen and uh, Sly Mestra. They, they nice. had a, like, they, 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 instead of aborting it, they just dumped it out in a, uh, the swamp in Vegas. Where <laughs> it was growing. And then, and then Jello was, Eddie Vangelo was formed through that. <laughs> of course, he's going to be in, in green Jello. Oh, perfect. All right. <laughs> That's great. I love it. Awesome. Lastly, before we get in some anecdotes with each other, what's some advice you could offer to like a, a young new band that's just starting out? Hmm. Uh, it's going to be tough. Um, don't pick your, don't pick your fucking style based on whatever the hell you see is being successful or anything, unless you really, really, really like that music and that's entirely fine. Um, but yeah, don't, don't go fishing for that. Um, find what you really like and just and hunker down and, and work your ass off and really, really put out a, a good album, one song. Even if you get one song, that is success. Like you, you've done something and you've got a new creation out. Like work on that. Be happy with that. Get your skills going. Don't worry on um, cut and paste. Stay the hell away from that. 
do do everyone a favor and stay away from that because you'll be a better player for it, right? You can actually work your ass off and, and your hands are going to remember it. Every, everything's going to be better for you if you stay away from the cut and paste uh, lifestyle. Um, hit that social media really hard, but just as hard hit the actual stages, you know, time willing. Um, get out in those stages and 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 get out don't stay locally all the time don't don't just stay in this one area broaden just try to work your way out because you're never going to get more fans if you're just sitting in in your hometown right Mm -hmm. use that to propel yourself elsewhere if you can get into the states if you can start getting gigs getting a visa i do recommend working your way to that because it's a bigger platform a bigger audience um and you might have better luck there and the luck, and what I'm talking about is not about a record deal or any of that shit, is, is fans, getting like people that will, will support you. Um, because the labels aren't really going to support you. If you've already done 100% of the work, the video, the, the music, you know, the, the marketing, the, the artwork, all that kind of stuff, why? Why are you dealing with a, a label? Unless it's like a big, big name that can get your name elsewhere, it's kind of pointless. Mm-hmm. You're doing it all yourself and then you're going to get little, little return. So like try to keep everything in house as, as possible and, and, and just go and just get out there. And if you see that you're getting good returns, getting good, good fan returns and like your, your music is doing well, then start seeking maybe a, a distributor or um, an agent, someone that can market your stuff better and then just work your way up, you know, and, and you'll, you'll be better because you'll own all your stuff. You own all your masters, your own like your your own history and all that kind of stuff, which is nice. And every dollar you make is is necessarily it's going to you, mm-hmm. not necessarily going to a third party or or fifteen fingers that are in that very small pie, you know. Um, which is always nice if you have like five people in your band. That's five mouths to feed, even if you're not doing it as uh you know to make money to to pay rent. It's still five five people that have put some good work into stuff and they should get more out of it than, than Joe Schmo at label this and that, you know, mm-hmm. you know, so I don't know. I would say just, you know, stick to your guns and do things authentically, um, get good recordings. If you're going to use uh, sample drums and all that kind of stuff, they're great for demoing great for, uh, you know, getting your idea out there, but you should always, unless you're a digital band, that's fine. But if you're a band, a rock band that has real drums and shit like that, go to a studio that can handle handle it. That's you know, save up for that. Save up for a good recording, even if it's one song and you went to a really smashing studio and it sounds awesome. That's really all you need, and then the rest you can kind of work on on that. But just do yourself a favor and get a good sound, and not that not like sampled anything. Real good sound. Pay pay for a good a good engineer. Awesome. That's great. That's great advice.
Brad, let's get into some anecdotes. So tell me some of the wildest stories you have from being in a band, whether it's on the road or in the studio at a show or anything in between. Um, I guess the most notorious, and I'll get to like more, you know, more, more local ones, but the green jello one, like obviously uh, a lot of people saw that one, which was <laughs> really wild. But when, uh, when we shook down the, uh, the, 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 the London promoter. Oh, that's right. Do you want to, do you want to tell uh, the listeners who might not know that uh, about that, the story? Yeah, I can. I, yeah, loosely. Um, so we, <laughs> we uh, so Jell, like obviously, because Jell has many members and different factions and all that stuff. So Jell gets to play almost everywhere in the fucking world because of those connections, which is great. Um, we were playing in London, Ontario, with the uh, the Canadian and some of the American guys. That actually, had like Lazy D come down and uh, like a lot of his buddies came down and played with us. Um, so it was a cool like that's the beauty about that band as well is like at any given time there could be anybody from around the world <laughs> yeah i'm gonna play guitar today okay your number your guitar player number seven and uh yeah we'll figure this out <laughs> seven guitar players so anyways uh we're yeah and, and this is like i think it was december and it was just shitty out and um we're already exhausted i think it was our, our third of uh like five shows i think maybe been second regardless it was a late late night the night before so we're already exhausted i'm coming in from st catherine's into london and it's already start it's starting to snow get in and uh the, the guy that greets me at the door i'm like like is he i thought he was a junkie or some shit like that apparently he was the promoter i find out later on <laughs> and if i had i guess if we had known that prior i would have been you should get that fucking money up front but anyways we're playing everything's going well and and uh we find out that the like during our set he he skips out you know and he and he took uh he took our money and and the bar's money and a bunch of other shit and (laughs) you know that's for any band that's not cool um and like and it happens more often than you would think Mm -hmm. unfortunately Right to the to the younger bands, get get your get your advances, you know, yeah. know, know your worth. That's actually that's very important. Know your fucking worth. Um, start small and work your way up, but get that get your fucking money. I know it's not about money, but if you're going out into playing and it's costing you money, get the fucking money. Mm-hmm. They'll, they'll try to nickel and dime you, and that's a whole other thing we could get into, like the whole restructuring of like how bands get paid nowadays and yeah. How- promoters have to be more uh, responsible for how things get handled but like that 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 could be another day but um when it comes when it came to this this is kind of how like shit should be handled like when it, when a promoter fucks around like that like again some some people survive on this money to to live and to get around you know it costs money for a bill to get to canada you know it's like nothing's free no right? To take a you know a couple k or you know a few thousand dollars, some stacks or whatever to get to, to just to walk the fuck out. That's a lot of money. That that's and we're supposed to have uh, like accommodations and all that kind of stuff, and that all just went out the window. So we all ended up like flooding back to St. Catharines and into our own little areas, and then we we house Bill and, and his uh, his ex and all that kind of shit at the time. Um, so it's like a lot to deal with. Like when you're supposed to just be there and you just chill and you go to you, usually most places, put us up in a hotel or in the venue itself. Like mm-hmm. roof is a roof. Um, yeah. So to skip out, he, he, 
that's that's just big news and like for me i'm i'm already on that tip so i'm fucking losing my mind i'm like like i don't i hate promoters that do that shit and it's just it's it's greasy and it's someone's gonna pay man someone's gonna fuck a pay so eventually just went to everybody in that bar that worked there and harassed them for a phone number and an address <laughs> and uh yeah uh i don't know how much i can talk about it. i think it's all cleared up but yeah i we were fucking you know we ended up just like you you find out where the guy lives and you get your fucking money <laughs> <laughs> but like the what people need to know is that it would like build fucking live streamed the entire <laughs> on facebook right on facebook yeah, yeah. And it got picked up by world star <laughs> <laughs> and it just blew up. like now like it, it like you go to certain venues and people are like man was like that really happened like you know to an extent yeah like that's just like yeah that's what happens you know like and like they brought I, I like it brings me back to like the, all the stories of like you know zeppelin and and Sabbath and like that that the 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 one manager like the dude showing up with guns and shit like that. It's like you pay your fucking band, or you're gonna get shot. Like you know, like people think because it's it's you're a band that there's like you don't it doesn't matter if you pay them or you know you shortchange them or whatever like that. So like, you know, fuck man, there's there is work going on. There is like a bunch of shit, and like you're if they're bringing in patrons to your bar, you know, like the the whole logistics to that. It's like you're you're just really fucking the artist right the whole reason why you even have like a, a place for people to come and drink and do all that shit and if for promoters a place to actually bring bands in to do and to make money off of them it's just like ba- it's ass backwards and i think like stuff like that kind of helps set precedent on like how you should treat bands like they're, especially bands that are out of town you're gonna fuck you're gonna like fuck with their money like that like it's not it's not right you no know? not at all and, and like a lot of fucking bands that deal with this on a daily basis or they just get shortchanged and they just love the fact that they can play. It's a lot of that has to change again. Newer bands know your fucking worth <laughs> and get your, <laughs> and, and it start setting precedent on, on, on all that, you know, on, on what you get paid and that now bands are going to know to get more than $5 at the, you know, or whatever whatever they may get like and i would like to see you know bar splits and like alcohol splits and all that again i would like to see better split you know the, there's a lot of work going on for everybody and i think everyone should get a, a fair fair percentage of that and that way there you'll have more bands you'll have more people that will go out because they're, they're the, the alcohol ends up being cheaper you know you're the bands are going to come out more often because they're getting they're getting guaranteed pay there's so many things to that if we, <laughs> fucking dying for that man <laughs> I, when, when you mentioned it, I think part of the reason I feel like, uh, you know, maybe some uh, lower bands uh, who aren't as well known get taken advantage of is because like, you know, bands that play for, you know, at a bar or at like a party, there's always this like party setting and like everybody's having a good time. And I think people go, you know, like, oh, you know, they're having a good time. They're, they won't mind. And it, they're not, too, they're only up there for like 20 minutes. They're not working. So I think a lot of people like really take advantage of uh, musicians in that sense. Because, you know, forbid you have a good time doing your job or what, you know, again, it's not everyone's job, but what, what you're doing to, to entertain at the time, you're entertainers. As soon as you hit that stage, you know, you're, you're kind of, you're still an artist, but as soon as you hit a fucking stage, you're an entertainer. Absolutely. You can cut that shit at the fucking door. You're, you're in front of people, you're an entertainer you know so you're 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 kind of doing a job there to keep people entertained and and drinking and dancing and 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 
eating food and all that kind of stuff. So there, they, there, it, it, there's a tango going on and it just seems that like one is just taking the fucking lead and everything. And the one is just getting tripped out on the floor and left to, you know, like flop out like a fish. Yeah. It's like, and it shouldn't be the fucking band. <laughs> <laughs> no, it shouldn't. You know, like, you know, like, like, I don't like, you, I'll catch all the flack in the world for that, but I don't give a shit. Like, but like bars, you gotta start poning up, start fucking poning up to the bands. And if they're not, if you're not holding up to your standards, then start forcing them. You know, there's got to be something. There's got to be more standards going around where so that bands feel comfortable touring and not just going for like, oh, it's because they love musicians love playing live. Yeah. <laughs> and we take advantage of our fucking selves just to do that, have that opportunity. And that's what's getting taken advantage of is like you could literally just like give us a bag of chips we'll probably just fucking play for you yeah but and that's the problem is a lot of people do just play for a bag of fucking chips and they everyone's like oh shit they'll just play for a bag of chips and they could be a fucking great band it doesn't matter like your your quality or your talent level it's straight up just like the your your love to fucking play is their their carrot to dangle in front of you mm-hmm. that's gotta fucking stop because like it, it just stop you know, like everyone has to be paid fairly. Without without the band, there's no promoter. Without the fucking promoter, there's no one to bring the patrons into the fucking bar because you're just going to have your bar flies. You're not going to have like the newbies in it and pe- like you're, you're refreshing the people that's going to come in on the weekend and, you know, deplete your bar. Like, you don't fucking think we don't know the business. We've been in it. We've been in your bars. We know how fucking shit works. Like, let's let's be let's be nicer to each other and like get more bands out there and pay them and fucking doesn't have to be thousands of dollars, but it has to be something that needs to cover gases and, and shit like that and guaranteed to get, get back to guaranteed advances and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and if the band doesn't pony up and you end up losing, then that band doesn't come back again until they can, right? Like that's how the standard kind of worked out. But now we're just taking whoever just because the, they'll play for a carrot. Yeah. You know, it's, and I don't blame them because I'll fucking play for a carrot. <laughs> you know, even if it's like, <laughs> you know, I love playing it and I just, you know, and again, we take advantage of ourselves for allowing that to happen, but it's just got, that shit's got to stop, man. And like, and that, that example is like kind of one of them, like, like what happens if you start fucking around with people and like, it's, it should progress into that. It doesn't have to be violent, but like, like it should be prevented, you know, like, pre, like get your shit up front. And at least, you know, that the promoter and the, and the company that they're working for is squared up mm-hmm. and, and you're good to go. Yeah. And, and you won't end up on world star. crazy (laughs) what are some more anecdotes you have from uh being in bands oh man um uh touring with colonial gods i guess back in the day i mean even aia um like a lot of party like there I've, i've been in a lot of party bands like uh a lot of good times um what would be the best um calling all gods on tour and and like we're going out west and we, we're carrying a dude with us that's like kind of helping with gas and like one of their buddies and, and, and half like we're not even out of ontario and we're like right it's time for a gas pitch and shit like that and he's like oh no i didn't i didn't get any i haven't i haven't sold any any weed and I'm like what <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like but he's like talking to me in my ear and he's like yeah he came out here with with like nothing he was just going to sell wheat like his bunk well in weed out west <laughs> on his 
fun to stay with us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, bro, you brought shit. And you're bringing, you know, we're going out west, right? Like, it's like gold, it's like water out there. Like, it's gold <laughs> water. And you're bringing this shit. Um, yeah, he didn't last. He didn't even make it to the end, end of the coast. <laughs> before he just went home he, he went home all right he uh <laughs> we're, we're in banff and and we're um it's cold like we're we're at uh, i think we're at like the base or whatever but we're just parked in like one of the parking lots there and we're just gonna chill overnight in this in our band van and and at least it's warm we'll keep you all each other warm with our our body heat and uh our singer and this other guy decided like oh hey we're gonna go we're gonna go fucking camping it's when was it it was it was still like i want to say it was maybe it may have been september like it could have been like early september so like it, it if you ever been out to that area it's still fucking cold it's cold <laughs> and overnight i guess it got really cold and they went out there with like i think half a fucking tent and they, like dude comes back he's like oh, i'm coughing up blood all this shit like like whatever right they're all fucking sick as they spent all the all night in banff outside in, in this like moist cold ass fucking thing what you expect was going to happen but yeah you know he ended up he ended up taking a an ambulance like from banff banff to like oh fuck i i i don't even know like it but it ended up being like a thousand dollars or something like that to, to oh go. man he ended up using it as like a taxi to get to like a relative's home who which then helped him get back to ontario that's wild <laughs> yeah <laughs> like weird shit like that kind of happens um like I, all the juggalo shows uh the like the icp shows those yeah. were those were really fun I didn't was to, that, did you get to meet them no no we didn't get to meet them they they kind of keep to themselves and uh like a little side chat here I'm, i i want to i want to throw out the theory that there's there's like 140 violent jays and Three hundred fucking. Uh, what's the other guy? Uh, Shaggy too dope. Too dope. I think there's like I, I think they're just like they're, they got that whole double thing going on. <laughs> <laughs> How do you do all those fucking shows? <laughs> <You know? laughs> but uh, those shows, they, they man, they put three hundred bottles of Fago every night, two and a half liters every night, if not more. Like at the, those smaller clubs, it was it was that. <laughs> we played. Um, Oh, what's that place in Mavericks? I believe in uh, in Barry. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it's Mavericks in Barry. It was when it was Barry. It was one of the bigger ones there, and they played. And uh, that place was a drainage or any of that shit. They didn't like. I don't think they really knew who they're getting there. Three hundred bottles of Fago inside a fucking like opera house style. It it didn't go well for them. They. Uh, <laughs> Like I remember leaving that venue at the end of the night, and it like, like literally like that thick of a like lake. Of no fish. way, like five inches, at least at least. Wow. Yeah, like it was nuts. Like just sloshing through that shit just to get the fuck out of the venue. It was three hundred bottles, <laughs> liter, fagos, uh, sugar free. Sugar free, <laughs> right? Because you want to watch the weight. Well, you want to watch the way and you don't want to fuck up. You don't want to fuck up the venue. <laughs> Sugar is the worst part of it. You know, yeah, that, that's what they're worried about. Yeah, that's like they, they are. They got that. That was actually spec. Like they they had to use the sugar free. 
it won't fuck everything up. Well, that venue shut down for a while because I think they had like a twenty thousand dollar bill cleanup bill. Oh wow! They just fucking sh- sh- and fucking everywhere, man. Like <laughs> everywhere, like everything got fucked up. Monitors, light, light, lighting rig, all that shit. And that was like uh, one of three shows. That was the beginning uh, of the three, like the three parter tour in Canada. And like they're gnarly, man. They, these are sold out shows. They're fucking a lot of fun. Um, the second show we played at the opera house and obviously they caught wind of the night before. <laughs> so like they took their lighting rig all the way up. No one was getting used to that shit. So they, that lighting rig went all the way up. Uh, there was like plastic everywhere, uh, like vapor barrier kind of over everything that could get wet or damaged that like it was, it was crazy. But the beauty about opera house, if you've, if you've ever been there is that there's a, there's a, there's a sewer drain center stage right down below. So like, everything just goes down there. So they're set <laughs> that it's, but it's still a fucking mess. Like at the end of the night, you see the guys just kind of like, br- like brooming all the, into the, <laughs> into the thing. So I mean, that, that's a late night for those guys. Um, and they, and ICP had a short crew because like, I think it was like 70% of their crew got held back at the, the border. So <laughs> cause they couldn't come over. Come over. So. <laughs> yeah. They had a limited, limited crew doing all that shit. They, they had did. limited juggalo action. Limited juggalo action. And like they and they hustle, man. Like they 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 bring a lot of shit and they do a lot of like the, the shows that we did in Canada versus the one I've seen like when I've done it in Vegas and all that stuff are like like widely different. <laughs> but it was like it was a really it was like really good show. But like then the third show was at uh um Brantford. What's the is that Envy? Yeah. Oh, I always get Brantford and Brampton mixed up all the time. Yeah, well, I think it was Brantford for sure. I think it's Club Envy. I don't. I'm not too sure, but one of those one of those venues. They so they're like the third in line to see like hear what happens in in, in ICP shows. So like we walk in and the, like it's a their venues like kind of divided like two two uh, rectangles and they're they're just divided right. Uh, so the playing side, it was like Dexter's like murder lab in there. It was just vapor barrier the entire wall. Like everything was covered. Like they were taking chances, man. And it was like a fucking sweat lodge in there, an absolute sweat lodge. There's there's no air leaving that spot. It was just fucking condensation, fago everywhere. Like, oh boy, my god! But yeah, like th- those shows are wild as shit. I remember uh, the the opera house one. I'm running through like uh, so sick. Social club opened up. Uh, I think all of those shows as well. So it was like so sick. Green Jello, then ICP. Uh, I'm running out after after they play, and I'm in in the crowd running around. I take a bad spill, and I fucking hit my head. But I got the helmet on, right? Right. I get up, and there's like blood all over my hands and shit. I'm like, oh fuck! Like what the fuck? I don't feel anything. What the fuck? And everyone's like looking at me. I'm like, oh shit! So I'm like, you know, playing it cool. Like I'm just rocking out, playing. I keep playing, work my way back to the stage. I'm still touching myself. I'm like, what the fuck? Like feels wet if I'm like am I bleeding I'm like running on stage and you, there's video of it you can see me like go up to like buddy I'm like dude am I am I bleeding he's like looking at me he's like no you're all good and like but there's still blood but it wasn't like gushing out it wasn't even my blood so sick like sprayed so much fucking blood everywhere it was just all over me and all over my hands it was like looking all over the floor there's blood everywhere I'm like I'm thinking like I'm like hemorrhaging fucking blood I was just so fucked I'm just like so out of it I'm like oh 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 fuck so <laughs> Like great fucking blood everywhere. I'm like, ah, shit. <laughs> like, get back to work, go back out in that crowd. So those shows were just full of blood and fago. Yeah. 
<laughs> that's a juggalo's dream oh fuck yeah <laughs> what a, what a like a really good fan base though holy shit they're loyal super loyal like they're I, i've never seen a band bring so much merch like they are the walmart of really it. yeah dude like they still like tour shirts from like their, when they first started and then it just goes and it goes and it goes and there's like bobbleheads, there's fucking like pens. They're like they they totally did like the Gene Simmons like trademark the fuck out of anything and sell whatever the fuck you can sell. But it was like that's amazing. Like again, that's what you got to fucking do. Like they're they're a highly independent band and like very very successful um, group. And they've all done they've done it all on their own too, right? So and it's all about you know the Tech Nine does it. Like it's hold on to your fucking merch, do all that kind of shit, right? And I think that's how they get by. Like they they just have really cool merch. They have really diehard fans that like are really good people. Like you know, there's a like even two Shaggy Two Dope that that uh, on the other podcast was talking about fucking you know how some of the juggalos are a little some of the experience <laughs> out there. You know, he's like yeah. Fuck. so like yeah i mean but that's with like any kind of like fanatical group too right like kiss has their own psycho fucking fans like it's gonna have it slipknot has their fans marilyn manson it's just what it is you know oh my god (laughs) (laughs) awesome what's your go-to gas station snack when you're out on the road oh man um okay there's two i can't in canada um combos 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 is like the one everyone says. It is so good. It can't be. <laughs> um, it's com- like for salty shit, but if it's like sugary or like chocolate, I'm sorry, chocolatey. Uh, I'm really digging the like the Henry, oh, uh, the Hershey's uh, white chocolate or like the cookies and cream bar. Ooh, that one's pretty bananas. Yeah, the cookies and cream one. Yeah, That's so bad. Um, but if I don't say this, Tommy, my my boy Tommy was gonna kill me from low lives. Um, every time we go to, cause I got him into play in uh, the Buffalo band in, in Jello. Right. So every, anytime they need a drummer, they can call on him. We go over there and like, he got me hooked on, I say it's so gross, but it's so good. Um, <laughs> pickled sausage. <laughs> the spicy one. There's gotta be spicy, but man, yeah. it's disgusting. It's so good at the same time. I can't handle it. It is so weird. They come in a jar? No, they come in a... <laughs> like, they're like in a Slim Jim, kind of like they're big, fat, plump ones like that, right? Like like that, but they're they're in like a plastic thing that you rip apart with the juices in it. <laughs> it's, it I already, I, you don't know what fucking meat it is. Like, it's, it's like, it's oddly, it's oddly hot pink on the inside, cooked <laughs> on the outside. And uh, yeah, I, I love them to death and I hate them at the same time. But like anytime we go across the border, that's the first thing we fucking buy. Pickled sausage. <laughs> sausage. That's awesome. <laughs> What's one of the best gigs you've ever played? I imagine it was with green jello. Yeah. Well, definitely. Um, yeah. Sweden, Sweden rock fest. Definitely the best. That's so cool. Yeah, to, like hands down the best experience like at, like every level of my career or every level of my dreaming it that that was the top of it man like being able to meet all those all, all the idol all these idols that i grew up with before they pass and like are current and older um you know to play in in front of that many people and just out 
uh, uh, part of the world. You know, it was uh, it was life changing. That's for sure. <laughs> that's all, awesome. and it was like a huge sea of people. Hey, eh, you were played to. Yeah. So like the we didn't expect much, right? Like because Jello does well in Europe. Like a lot of like crazy acts like that do. Um, mm-hmm. They're just more open to them out there. But like we went on the same times, uh, same time as Saxon. So that's like that's a big fucking deal. Like that's like their band. Like that's, that's Europe's band, Saxon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really, it's just it's just gigantic. Like so we were like, oh fuck, like we'll be lucky if we get like you know an at the average like kind of crowd like three thousand, four thousand or whatever. And uh, Bill starts doing his thing like puppet show. Everyone come up for the puppet show. Come grab your puppets. And he just starts doing that. And like literally starts like people start like, what the fuck is going on over here? This guy is like, this guy's crazy. Like <laughs> and people just start flooding in. And then as we start playing, you know, uh, people did, like we, I, you could literally see the people's like heads turn and like start coming over. I'm like, oh my God, like this. Is, and I just kept them filling up and filling up. And by like halfway through the first song, there's like 8,000, 10,000 people deep. And we're just like all kind of like looking at each other, like what the fuck? Like that's crazy. Like Saxon's fucking playing right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, like it'd be like, and it's you know it was all, like absolutely incredible to see that kind of see people. So like, I, like my, I love going out in the crowd. I love fucking going out in the crowd and, and just like dancing and having a good time. So like I ran like after the first song, I just fucking bolted out there and was just running around back and forth having a good time. Like I said, I did that a few times. And then the, the the last time is when I got fucking pulled out. I think it was the third or fourth time. <laughs> now I imagine uh, with Jello, you've uh, especially touring around uh, all the crazy places that you've toured. You've come across like uh, band writers and whatnot. What would be your rock star dream writer? Like, say that you're at the level of Metallica. What's in the green room waiting for you? Ooh. It's like a last meal kind of thing. <laughs> I have to treat it. Um, I, I fuck back in the day, it probably would have been like you know, whiskey and sandwiches. Um, <laughs> uh, but now, uh, you know, room, room temperature water is very important. That, Your voice, yeah, and it's like my fucking stomach. Like for years, I never understood why, you know, halfway on stage, like if I chug like a, a cold beer or water, why I start feeling sick and it's fucking con- your stomach's contracting because of the the cold cold ass water so mm. that's fucking very important having a having, uh, uh, room temperature water never thought that would ever have to be a thing um combos pickled sausage yep i'd have to be there oh, the items i said before like the same sugary things anything like that <laughs> um, but it depends like in europe is a whole other thing like that that would be like you know wiener schnitzel and fucking like uh, they're hot, just the standard hot dogs and that sauce that they have out there. It's, it's a weird mayo, like the chunky mayo with something in it. It's like a mel- mayo-y relish. It's fucking delicious. Interesting. Yeah. Um, like for meals, like I fuck sandwiches and like empanadas. Like, I don't know. It would, I, I think I would make it different every single time, but like the standards would be the snacks. Like always this, the, the, those like shitty snacks would have to be there. Uh, but I'm not much of a drinker anymore. So it would just be like water and, some pop. Some <laughs> just, I don't know. Like, What's your go-to pop? Ooh, uh, <laughs> Mountain Dew uh, Blue Voltage. That's great. Yeah, I fucking love it. It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for your fucking esophagus. <laughs> 
Awesome. So I've got one more question here for you, uh, but it should be an easy one. What are your top five favorite artists of all time? How is that easy? <laughs> uh, for me, like that's a that's always a, an evolving kind of thing, um, right? I would say, like, for sure, like King Crimson, um, like the Discipline era stuff, um, or Thrack, I mean, King Crimson in general. Um, oh, this is hard. It's a top five, right? Only five. Yeah, just five. So King Crimson. Um. Between the buried and me colors, ooh yeah, yeah, um, or antimony, uh, antimony of because that's a great cover album. Um, but like, yeah, colors is great. They uh, they just released colors too, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> fucking bonkers, man. <laughs> they're they're a band that just keeps evolving, and and they they do it nicely, like nice nice gradual steps. I've seen them in uh, St. Catharines. Really? Yeah, they played yeah. years ago with the red cord. Was that it? Was it at a scene or was it at uh, L three? It was at L three. Yeah, awesome. How was it? Oh, they were crazy. I, I they played a bunch of colors before colors was out, and then they ended with uh, 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 Mordecai. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Oh man, that would be killer to see. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, what am I at four now? or three? Um. Uh, Michael Jackson's Thriller. Great choice. Fucking sounds incredible. It's got just, what a what an album. Uh, Fishbone. Um, mm, my last two are gonna be Fishbone, uh, Truth and Soul, and Give a Monkey Brain, and you'll swear he's the center of the universe. Awesome. Yeah, Fishbone's a super cool band. Yeah, they're they're bu- they're buddies of mine, and they're they're one of my they're like the my favorite band. They're, I, I can't remember I, my buddy was telling me about this but they're like one of the most like known unknown bands yeah they base, basically because of their color they got fucked up there's a really good doc, uh, documentary that if, if anyone that's watching this is a Fishbone fan or wants to be a Fishbone fan because fuck they are amazing they have they literally if no one knows they've covered almost every style of music and every fucking album and done it really well and they're like one of the most energetic bands that you'll ever see even to this day, even though they've gone through so many revisions. And by the way, they're back with the original lineup. Oh, uh, fuck yeah. Fuck yeah, it's amazing. I saw them just after I got back from Sweden. Uh, the, the next day, me and uh, Cam, my wife and a few other people went to uh, Art Park and it was uh, Fishbone in Parliament Funkadelic. And Fishbone uh, was back with the original. And I've seen them, like I've worked with them, I'm, I'm buddies with them and all that kind of stuff. So I've seen them through different different versions of the band and it was just... I've never seen the original, so it was nice to see all the and hear those voices. So like now's the fucking time to go see them. Um, but yeah, those those two albums are absolutely incredible pieces of work. Um, but yeah, watch the documentary um, Everyday Sunshine. Everyday Sunshine. It explains like not only just like the music industry in in pretty decent detail, especially if you're um, if you're black or fucking any other color that's not white. Uh, you check that out um, because it explains what ha- what would, what would go on in the industry at that time as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also explains kind of like what happened to them, why they didn't really take off, and it really has a lot to do with the industry at the time. You're really looking at a band that was like every band, every awesome band wrapped into one that couldn't fucking get to that that world, that bigger stage. You know, just because 
you know, they're black. Like that, that, that really is what it sadly came down to. Unfortunately. Like you saw all, and like and they explained, you see all the bands that like were literally like Fishbone. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Red Hot Chili Peppers. Peppers, all that shit. Like that. And, and they eventually, after this documentary came out, kind of spoke more about it. It's like, yeah, yeah, we really like them. It's like, yeah, yeah, because they are the shit. <laughs> yeah, they're undeniably good. Like they're oh fuck man any day any day I could be in the worst fucking mood and you can put like their happiest song on and it'll I'll be I'll be good you know oh like, yeah like it's just they're they're incredible right yeah. on that was a good top five <laughs> I cheated a little bit but yeah it's, it works yeah I, I give a little wiggle room for some people because I know it is a bit of a tough question but uh. Oh. Because there's Steve I, there's all these other things, but I like, I mean, that's all kind of, I, I feel like those, the last two Fishbone ones kind of wrap up all the, all the stuff I like about music. You know, it's like a good history lesson. Yeah, fair enough. Well, Derek, thank you so much for taking the time to do this with me. Where can the listeners find all the social medias? And if there's anything else you have left to plug or give a shout outs to, now would be your time. Okay. Uh, my webpage is being worked on right now, but it's DerekNelsonOfficial.com. There should be uh, something up by the end of the night, if not tomorrow. Um, if not, uh, you can check out all my groups. They're just, just stick with Instagram for now. Uh, there's Green Jello at Green Jello or Bill Manspeaker. If you want to follow uh, a lunatic who is awesome, <laughs> you will follow Bill Manspeaker on on Instagram or Facebook, whatever. Uh, at Temple of the Night for Temple of the Night, if you love black metal with uh, awesome singing and and some shredding. Uh, if you like that rock and roll kind of alternative stuff, uh, at Advancing Low Lives on Instagram. If you like blues, spooky, spooky blues, uh, check out at The Wake on Instagram. That's I'm playing drums with that band, and that's actually going to be a really scary show. That's coming up on the 28th with Electric Dead. Oh, exciting. Uh, I should plug that, too, if this is coming out by then. Uh, Halloween show with the Electric Dead. It's their annual one. Uh, I don't think they got to do it last year, so... This year is going to be a lot of fun, um, but uh, yeah, our new band, The Wake, which is cool. It's a little bit of everybody from local bands like Maddie DeFranco from The Offering, which I, I was in a band with as well. Um, uh, Sam Crawley from Electric Dead. Uh, Corey from uh, The Matadors, and I can't remember what other band he was in, but he plays big, fucking amazing bass. Uh, at Lazy Ass Destroyer for uh, Lazy Ass Destroyer stuff. Um, and at Shit Tsunami. And I think we're going to be tracking something very soon for that, that project because that's always been like a one-off kind of thing. But it's the band name is too much fun not to put out an album. Shit Tsunami. I love it. Tsunami. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's it. Like the, the, My webpage will be the main thing you want to keep an eye on because I'll consolidate everything on there. And um, right now it'll probably be like a newsletter thing. I got to like, as I tell everyone to get on, on social media and do all this stuff, I am the fucking worst at it <laughs> better it's just it's a routine right like like for you to do these podcasts there's got to be a routine you got to do too right like absolutely you know just to get into it and and like and you do a really good job at it and like you got a good personality for it it's it's, it's really cool um but yeah it's, it's a fucking routine like it's just hard i want to get I, I need to do more like i know i need to do more so i'm going to do more <laughs> well thank you for the kind words i appreciate that no, for sure man what you're doing is really cool um I hope there's more people like you in every like local area and all that kind of stuff getting getting the word out because that's that's what we we need this this platform for right. Mm-hmm. Amazing, share the share the wealth, man. 
Right on. Awesome. So we're going to end the show with a song by Green Jello called Silence of the Sponge. Right on. Take it easy, Derek. Thank you very much, Phil. Take care. That was my conversation with Derek Nelson of Temple of Night, The Wake, Advancing Low Lives, uh, Lazy Ass Destroyer, Shit Tsunami, and Green Jello. Spinning lots of plates, that dude. So glad we can have him on the show. We got the show started off with a song by Temple of Night called What 
Haunts the Old Forest. And in the middle there, we played a song by the Advancing Low Lives called Alone in My Room. And just at the end there, that was Silence of the Sponge by Green Jello. That was a silly song. I loved it. I love that I got to feature it on the show. Hell yeah. Uh, if you aren't already, don't forget to like, subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, you can follow us on our Instagram at Banecdotes. If you want to be a guest in any capacity, shoot me an email. Banecdotes at gmail.com. If you want your music featured on the new Music of the Month episode that I do, shoot it. Send it my way. Uh, and I also do these Throwback Thursday episodes where I feature old bands that aren't around anymore from uh, Ontario that people remember and grew up listening to. And uh, I feature on the show and we, we have a great time together. Also, I'd like to mention that the hip-hop beat that you heard while I was mentioning uh, those concert dates going down at the warehouse here in St. Catharines was by my homie, Musashi. Shout-outs to Musashi. All right, folks, I'm going to get going. My wife's got dinner ready. Take it easy, folks. <laughs>